I felt the point. Perfect. <laughs> All right. All right. So the it's the end of summer. Two things For occurring. Some. For some. <laughs> uh, two things are occurring. Um, well, I guess three things. Some people are uh, wrapping up last-minute vacations. Some people are going back to school or prepping for back to school. And that third group uh, are recycling their golf clubs after a really bad season. Which bucket are you in? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All of the above. <laughs> Perfect. No. Well, not the last one. No. No. Okay. You'll keep playing? Yeah. Well, when I can, but yeah. Yeah. I played a couple of weeks ago for the first time in probably two years. Really? I think I shot a 200. That's awesome. Maybe 202. <laughs> it was awesome. It was the best afternoon of my life. That's right. It was like 110 degrees, <laughs> right. super humid. I had time in my life. That's right. That's yeah. right. You could blame it on the heat. Uh, that's what I did. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sure. Totally. That's so we, we talked high schools, most like local high schools are starting if they haven't already this week or not. Those are high schools. I think grade school is starting this week. Right. We'll start, most will start next week or the week after. And then our first college kid is off, gone the next week. And then the second one, the week after that. Yeah. And then it's our, our youngest is, <clears throat> she's gone more than she's at home. So mm. it's back to nice and peace and quiet and all the crap that they brought home after their freshman year of school gets back out of the house back to college or you just take it to goodwill uh most of it has going back to college with them there were a few items we so target corporation i'm sure loves this time of year because i remember last year as we had two going into college for their first year going to a target in bloomington and going to target in knoxville dude it was slammed and I'm, you know, I'm sure it's that way every year, but then when you move them out in May and you start pulling stuff out from under the bunk or whatever, and you're like, this hasn't even been opened. Right. Like, why did I buy this? Right. How dare you? So will that item, does that item still exist? I mean, you can't return it at that point. I don't think, um, did it get willed to someone else? <laughs> hey, I've got this. Does anybody need one of <laughs> these for your kids that will actually use it? And so here, just to take it. Right. Just leave like it in the, the closet uh, for the next kid. Yeah. 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 I think, is that like the textbooks that you spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on? And then you realize yeah. that the child never actually used it. Right. Not because they were ignoring it, but they actually never needed it in class, despite the fact that on the, the syllabus or pre preschool list of things to buy, it was listed. Like you must have this $400 textbook and it will just sit in the backpack for a year. And then when you go to sell it back, it's worth about eh, $299. Yeah. Not 299 $2.99. But the classic thing, and this is telling my age, you take all the books back that you maybe spent, let's say you spent 300 bucks on them new or whatever it was, um, some are new, some are used. You return them, you got 200 back or 150 back. You went to Kilroy's. Yeah, yeah, you didn't. <laughs> Sorry, Bob and Dad. You didn't tell Bob and Dad, hey, I got 150 bucks right. for it. No, you well, went to yeah, the bar. Because they right, gave right. you cash. It was a no paper <laughs> trail. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> even burn if, a hole in your pocket and you need to go get some pints of beer. Yes, even at 2.99, you could still spend that money. Oh, yeah, for oh, yeah. sure. Well, $2.99 is at least two and a half course lights at Nick's in Bloomington. For sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay, so, so summer wrap-up. Uh, did you take any trips? Ooh. Any vacations? Ooh. I toured uh, Michigan. I saw the UP for the first time. Eh? 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 It was fantastic. While it was 100 here, it was 65 up there in cloudy. Uh, it was, it was probably not bad. No, it was great. It was great. How about you guys? Was the water cold? 
so cold, so okay. cold. We've got a nine-year-old. It did not stop him. He just dove in. Like, this right. is great. There's yeah. a beach. There's water. I'm here. Let's do this. Dad, so, come in the water. I'm like, nope. 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 <laughs> you did enjoy you, that. Did you do any fishing? No. No. Okay. We usually don't. We're not uh, big uh, You said that like, hell no. No. Like, no. Well, I just thought you were there. I'm sure it's great fishing up there. I'm just curious. We went to the grocery store and picked up fish. That's but yeah. Enough. Yeah, no. It was definitely gorgeous. But uh, yeah, more more to observe, hike. Uh, enjoy it. So yeah, yeah. I like Fair. fishing. Mostly the Are fishing that where you go to the store and you say, "I'll have uh, seven ounces of that salmon right yes. there. Yes. Maybe uh, six of those shrimp. Put them right. in a bag and right. let's go home." Yeah. yeah, those are my favorite. Yes, absolutely. I'm Perfect. game for that too. How about you guys? Any big trips? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Your well, college trip. Erroneous. <laughs> His wife and girls went on a trip. Right. He had a vacation, right. which is probably be the best vacation ever. Well, it was until it wasn't. Well, true. I went to, well, we went, he and I went to Vegas for two days for mm. a uh, trade show. Mm. Um, AD, it was AWFS. legit the work the entire time. It was yeah. the oh, I'm sure. worst trip to no, Vegas like, I've ever had. Yes. It yeah. really was. Just, I mean, <laughs> that's true. Like most people say, oh, Vegas, right. Uh -huh. right. I go, no, legit. Yeah. We were there two nights. We had dinner meetings both nights. We had a breakfast meeting the one morning we were there, not counting the morning. We got up at five in the morning to fly home. Um, very productive trip and sure. only two days. And most people say, you're going all the way to Vegas for two days. I'm like, right. it, it just, it is what it is. Yeah. We needed to be there. I'm glad we did it. Even right. though it was kind of exhausting, but yeah, it was, it was worth the trip. No, definitely. Definitely. I've spoken out there at conferences okay. and it's the same thing where you're just out there for a couple of days. You don't really see outside cause you're stuck in these large venues right. and it's like where did all this time go how did i not go out and enjoy yeah. it so, so i mean it does yeah. suck that at the end of july it's like 115 114 degrees stupid hot yeah but you're you're the only time you're outside is leaving the convention center to get in an uber or taxi to mm -hmm. go back to the hotel and then you know going yeah, to a restaurant or whatever yeah. i felt like i had been reincarnated <clears throat> as like a totino's pizza roll in an oven that's how hot it was, <laughs> that's how hot it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i will say <laughs> and kudos kudos to tesla and elon musk we did get to experience um the loop is that what it's called the loop the, the vegas loop okay so his boring company are doing a series mm. or network of tunnels out yeah. there that they have these folks driving te different teslas and so there's one that's done that takes you from the convention center to one of the newer resorts right by there. And it's nominal fee. And I guess the next thing, other they're maybe already started a tunnel from the convention center to the airport. Mm. That's going to be like, say 10 bucks or 15 Well, I think bucks. like when we, we bought a day pass for $5, mm -hmm. the airport yeah. trip will ultimately be from like roughly the strip to the airport, a 10 yeah. minute drive underground, one way tunnel in the Tesla. Yeah. Uh, and they'll ultimately have 70 miles of tunnel dug wow. when it's all said and done. And this wow. is obviously a multi-year project, but yeah. it was cool. Very it was really cool. cool. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You so. get to drive the Tesla or just no, no ride, ride okay. along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I, I, we were talking about this. I foresee that's when it becomes autonomous at some point mm -hmm. because, I mean, there's not, there's no pedestrians or any things that could be jumping mm -hmm. out in front of the car. I, I figure the technology is probably there or will be there to yeah. drive. You know the yeah, mail shoots in like sky rises where you stick yeah, the canister right. in the tube yeah. and you're like, it sucks up. Yep. It's all automatic. That's essentially what <laughs> it's going right. to be. <laughs> You're going to get it in a tube and you're just going to get sucked right. and flown down the I tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so.
Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Industrious Podcast. Thank you all for joining us from wherever you guys get your podcasts, or if you happen to be watching on the Assessa YouTube channel, thank you very much for doing so. Um, today we are um, very joined. honored. Joined, yes, I was going to say honored. I was looking for something better than joined. Uh, by Mr. Mr. Or maybe I should say Professor Mike Benzi. Or Minster. 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 Fine too. I was yeah. going to say. Is that cheese? That's not Min- Munster. Munster. Not Munster. to be confused with Minister. Yes. Right. Yeah. Anyway, Mike Benzi, uh, welcome to the Industrious Podcast. Thanks for having me. This is great. I appreciate it. Well, wait. You said minister. You're not a minister, right? Not a minister. No. I mean, our no. last guest <laughs> was an, or, or a technically an ordained minister. I guess oh. you could say ordained is very loosely. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought if we went back to back ministers, that'd be, yeah. that'd be a record. Wow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry and to let you down. very odd for us, but. Yes. <laughs> right. I've been to church twice yeah. in the last month. I was going to say, this that podcast many. is going in a different direction, heaven. <laughs> yeah, we talk all things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to our guests? Yeah, you bet. Uh, Mike Bensey, I am a coach and consultant today. I say I like to help people lead people. Uh, not originally from Indianapolis, grew up in the Chicagoland area, uh, grew up there through college, and then uh, met my soon-to-be wife, now wife at the time um, in college and growing up in Chicago, I don't know about if you know anybody from there, but anybody who is from there believes anything south of I-80, there's nothing that exists, right? Chicago (laughs) is the center of the universe. And so my idea was we would end up there and uh, she gave me a phone call and said, hey, I think Indy's gonna be where we land. And so that was about, uh, wow, 17 years ago. So we've been uh, Hoosiers since then. I uh, have three kids now uh, entering in the high school years and uh, have been you know, just kind of enjoying them coming into their own for sure. Yeah. Is Quinn from Chicago as well? She's from uh, central Illinois. So oh, um, maybe I knew that. That's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Decatur, Illinois. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in being capital of the world. Area. Yes. Yes. yes, you can smell it well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a facility in Arthur, Illinois. Right. And uh, so kind of between Effingham to the south and yep. Champaign-Urbana to the north. And yeah. I was always told that, do you know where Effingham is? It's right next to your effing eggs. <laughs> I was like, ah, ah there you go, Midwest joke. I love it. Yep. Midwest joke. <laughs> we got it in. We got it in. That's so great. So if you, you mentioned I-80, does that mean you're a Southsider? I uh, lived on the south side for okay. a while, uh, Homewood, Flossmoor area, if you're familiar with it. But, nope, um, because I only know the city. You only know the city. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And my friends sure. from the like western or northern suburbs who yes. two hours away from the city but always said they're from Chicago. I'm right. Like, Dude, you're from Crystal Lake. Just yeah. say you're from Crystal Lake. Yes, right. It's easier to say that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. How did you and Quinn meet if she was from Decatur? Did she do med school up Somewhere north, like you, you, Chicago. Yeah, we met in college. So oh, she okay. was sophomore year, I was senior, and uh, oh. I'm thinking, oh great, I'm out of here. Robbing the cradle. Yep. Where no, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. We met in college. Uh, got married while she was in medical school. She went to Southern Illinois. Okay. Um, yeah. Down in Carbondale for a yeah. bit, and then Springfield as well. So Southern Illinois, the Salukis. Yes. Yeah. 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 Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Well done. Yeah. They made the dance. That's how you know. Right. Like well, and I know yeah. two guys actually yes. played golf there. Uh, Bob Tresh played golf there and somebody else. I can't remember now. Mm. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Segway. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, cool. Um, yeah. I know your wife's a, a doctor here in town, which is fantastic. We appreciate her getting you guys down here. Yeah. It certainly betters the city. Yeah. Like no, that. absolutely. Yeah. She makes it so much better. I just tag along for the fun, for oh. the fun. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. It's usually how I'll it works. Yeah. Make sure no, she watches this episode, if nothing else, for that right. line alone. No, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Get her in. Well, cool. Um, you mentioned, do you mention kids ages roughly? Kids ages two in high school this year, right. freshman, sophomore, and then a nine-year-old. Um, so fourth grade? He's starting. Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. find out more at Ice Cream Social Night <laughs> later this week. Right. We'll get the so fourth grade. Yeah. You're cool with like you're, you're you've been there, done that. You're yes. coasting through that. Yes. The two high schoolers are keeping things interesting. It's another world. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. we've got boyfriends, girlfriends, uh, oh, yeah. driving lessons, jobs. Uh, son is going to try out for high school tennis uh, later today. So yes, it's uh, it's almost like this next level of responsibility and trying to cart them everywhere because they just aren't driving yet so right. hopefully it'll come soon yeah. we'll be off offloaded of you're an uber carpool. just not getting paid for it absolutely yeah or thanked for it well, <laughs> yes, at that age. Well, why would you ask so much right like, <laughs> how dare i yeah okay bye. You're, you're sooner to get paid than thank yes. just for the record yes which actually wouldn't be that bad no for sure yeah. for sure yeah absolutely so um go into if you will your your career yeah you get down here I mean, Quinn's is pretty self-explanatory, but, but yeah. what, what were you doing before you moved down here and then what did you roll into? Yeah, so before I moved here, I was in HR, human resources management with a large manufacturing company. So it was great exposure to the field, to the industry, to just the world of HR. Uh, I focused on recruiting. I focused on you know just uh, hiring and firing and just helping build different relationships you know with unions and without unions so it, it was a great exposure and so when i came to indiana it was 05 so um if you think back then okay. you know mitch daniels had just been elected making a lot of change in the state and the state of indiana was looking for people who did not have past government experience they really wanted to have people come in and help them make a lot of good positive change and so fell into a couple of HR roles there, most notably uh, the Bureau Motor Vehicles in terms of just some of the positive changes they were trying to do in terms of wait times, customer service, and all of that. So from an HR standpoint, it was a really great time to be in the state in terms of, you know, we were talking about culture before culture was cool in mm -hmm. terms of just treating people well and making sure they were paid well and involved in goal setting. So it was just so much, um, you know, just great experience in terms of the leaders I worked with, the people that I got to experience throughout the state at that time. So it was a great really intro, not only to HR, but just the state of Indiana and government and how to make a good place to work. So you work for the BMV is what you're saying? Yes, long story short. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That <laughs> had to be, in, in HR, that's gotta be a lot of stories that you can't say on air. No, not on air. And they were a lot of good stories in terms of just what you saw people doing, you know, because we had a lot of buy-in. You had a lot of people there who just wanted to help other people. You know, it wasn't uh, people trying to make life miserable. It was like, hey, I, I don't like having long wait times. I don't like making it really difficult for people to get a driver's license. I want to make that easier. So they wanted to make things better, and so did yeah. we. So it was a really fun experience. Yeah. Well, so at the top you said, you help people lead people yeah. and then you just mentioned two keywords buy-in yeah i'm assuming that a, a lot of your messaging whether directly or indirectly kind of ties back to buy-in right because that's that is leaders the essence of leadership is trying to create buy-in right speak to that if you could yeah oh boy uh, yeah so buy-in i think comes in a lot of different ways. You know, if I think back to that BMV experience, um, so much of what I had experienced at that point was almost 
you know, command leadership. You, I need this done, so you will do it. And you get to the BMV and it's like, well, we wanna get this done. What do you think? Could you find a better way to do it? And if so, what do you think about that? Could you actually try and lead that in a way? And so I think that buy-in piece is just so centered on getting people involved, helping make sure that their opinion matters, and showing that, boy, we are going to listen, and, boy, you might actually come up with a better way that we were ever thinking. And so, you know, that buy-in, I think, when I always talk to leaders, it's, hey, what are you, are you really trying to push something here, or do you really want buy-in? Because if you want to push it, just tell them what to do and see how that goes. If you want buy-in, maybe your idea isn't the best. Maybe someone has a better idea. And could you get some buy-in that way on mm-hmm. what you want to get across? So Certainly. Yeah. I mean, one way maybe works if you're, you know, in the military. Yes. Otherwise, we're right. not. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. When you do your speaking engagements, like you mentioned out in Vegas before, yeah. and you talk on leadership, I'm sure it's that that speech, like most others, have evolved a little bit over time. Sure. Um, but if you were doing one, you know, today, what aspect of leadership do you think is the or what is the hot button of today's leader uh, form of leadership <clears throat> yeah no i think i think there's a lot of challenges today um some of them haven't changed in terms of the questions that i get asked whether it's been hr my consulting role people are always asking mike how do i find good people how do i keep good people those things haven't changed did the pandemic heighten that did it make it more difficult absolutely but the question was still there, like, how are we going to find good people? I think what's new, what's different lately in terms of just what I see organizations thinking about, leaders thinking about, you know, one is just kind of all the social stuff that's going on and their role in it. Uh, employees are looking at leaders differently in terms of their impact within that. And so thinking about how they pull that into their business, um, if they pull that in at all. Yeah. And, and then second, I think we've gone from you know, again, thinking of uh, employment as just getting a paycheck to employment as having engaged employees. I think the next evolution of that is going to be thinking about how we create engaged and healthy employees from a mental standpoint, a well-being standpoint, and making sure that we're focused on that as well. The pandemic really pulled that out in terms of just thinking about people working from home and all the great benefits of that and all the negative consequences from that in terms of not just productivity, but just more in terms of loneliness factors and how people were engaging with others during that time. So when I think about the hot topics, that's where I go to in terms of what I hear from other leaders. Sure. So yeah. so what are you seeing today? I mean, you mentioned the pandemic and, and you just said loneliness and obviously during the pandemic, you know, in the height of it, it was yeah. really challenging because not only did people across all spectrums of, of the employment ladder uh, not really know what was going on. A lot of leaders were leading sort of in the dark. Right. None of us have experienced something like that mm-hmm. before. Um, and then there was a lot of remote work by at one point in time by called by force and then ultimately by choice, which has still, still lingers for mm-hmm. sure about how the way it's changed hybrid or remote work what are you seeing now that we're quite a ways removed from that mm. that trend? What were you seeing in, out there amongst different uh, companies and uh, across different industries? Yeah, I, I think those who were in the spot where they couldn't offer remote work, not a whole lot different, right? You know, they, they've they've been working. I think if anything, they found more efficient ways of working together. Um, 
you know, they're, they're more apt to look at what are flexible arrangements that we can create, I, even if it can't be just full-time remote work or, or sending people home, but what are just different ways of looking at it? Can we offer up different hours of work to help, you know, for people who want to be home with kids, you know, when they get off the bus or put them on the bus, thinking about it differently in a way. Those who, who have, you know, brought people back um, into the office. Uh, those who have done it well, you know, again, think about that buy-in. You know, they involved employees. They gave people time to process. They kind of gave them an opinion in terms of what that looked like. Rather than those where it was a little bit tougher, you know, where it was just, hey, on September 1, come on back and you're going to like it. And um, that just never worked out well in a way. Um, I do see, you know, just not so much somewhat pandemic, but I think just in terms of, you know, the economy, how things have been running lately, just organizations looking at how do we run better? How do we run different? Not so much in terms of layoffs. Uh, I think people who jump to layoffs typically, you know, find that there's consequences to that later on. You know, it's more of just, hey, we know we can be doing this better. We should be doing this better. We need to look at things differently Mm -hmm. from an operational standpoint, for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be a combination of a whole bunch of different hybrid scenarios. Um, and how do you how do you just make those work? Right, right. Uh, and if you have ten employees, fifty employees, a hundred employees, mm-hmm. you might have five, ten, twenty different hybrid scenarios. Not not everyone is necessarily going to be under this hybrid scenario. Yeah. So how do you how do you manage that? Right, that's, right. That's going to be it's going to be challenging. But I think that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I talked to a leader last week who. They have they have a hybrid. They they say they come into the office once a week, and and he used quotes just because you know that once a week you know it's not mandatory, but they create an excuse for people to come in. You know maybe it's important meetings, it's activities with others. You know it's ability to collaborate together. It's not that forced piece, and I think right. you know that hybrid schedule that hybrid world works when you're not forcing you're you're just inviting people in you're giving them a reason to come in to come together and making it more meaningful than just another meeting or because we said we need you in front of your desk right what would be interesting to see is by doing it that way does he or she leader feel that john or jane Doe employee isn't just going to come in that one day to check that off and go home right they might say you know what two or three days you know, three days, I can get a ton of stuff mm-hmm. done when I'm there. That works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. I think I think that group in particular, they, they're focused on goals. They're focused on what they can accomplish. Less about what are you doing in front of me right now. And, and when you can have that, those milestones set up and you're able to easily measure, that, that approach just goes so much better because you're able to just say, hey, I did get it done. We are moving the ball forward. It is working for them. Um, not saying that that approach is right for everybody, but mm-hmm. I think for those leaders, for lower, those organizations who can make it work, they do see a lot of good benefits from it, for sure. Good. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you. Uh, you've got a 30-second elevator pitch, so to speak, oh boy. Uh, for giving advice. What's like the meatiest thing you'd say to someone? I'd ask, what do you want advice on, right? You know, the topic of leadership is just so broad right? in terms of, you know, and the range of people who think about themselves as a leader is also so broad too, right? You, I work with, I'll sit with leaders of organizations. I'll sit with leadership teams. And then I'll sit with people who want to be in a leadership role. 
And so, you know, when people ask me for advice, I'm, I'm trying to help get, you know, hey, what's really, you know, what are you really looking for? Um, I met with a gentleman, he's in his early stages of his career earlier today, where he wanted to talk about, you know, hey, what's my next step? How do I become mm -hmm. that, that CEO someday? Where do I need to go? But he had just been given feedback from his manager that he's creating a lot of drama in the office in terms of people not working well with him, asking him to engage more, asking him to, to just say hello more to those people. And so, you know, the, it became, you know, just very focused in terms of, hey, what do you need to do in the moment? Yes, that's a great goal to get to be. Let's get to you to be that CEO. And, you know, where do you need to be right now? What are people asking for from you right now? Right. So my advice was listen to your manager, find a way to work with them right. or <laughs> find a different role because maybe maybe that's not for you. Start your own gig. Yeah. 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 If you don't if you don't like to work with people, maybe maybe that's telling you something. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I know, by the way, at 25, you don't go from entry to CEO. Right. But yeah. Some do. Some do. <laughs> Some win the Powerball, too. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it, it is that long game. It is that long game. I'm, I'm also a uh, adjunct professor, as you mentioned, at Butler yeah. University. So we'll have a, a, a good session on just, you know, that career path and, so many people think of it as this nice stair step ladder to get from one role to the next to the next and ultimately yeah, the so share share with with our guests um what you teach at butler and, and now that you've done that for a couple of years yeah. um how, how has that progressed did it does it has it been the way you thought it would be on day one or has it kind of morphed into something else great question great question yeah it's really morphed so i yeah. started right before the pandemic and uh, one of the classes was focused on uh, le its leadership perspectives, just kind of 101 into not just leadership, but really, hey, who am I as a leader? How do I show up? What what are the things that make me great? What are the things that I might need to think about that are going to be challenging, that are going to shadow, be a shadow for me? Um, and then how do I communicate that to other people so that they know who I am and maybe that invites them in to share more about me? And so within that class, it really started off like people who wanted to be CEOs, wanted to be on the executive team. And, you know, whether it was the pandemic, whether it was just time, students are just asking for more of, I just want to be a good person. I want to be well-rounded. I want to have a family. I see my boss working 70, 80, 90 hours a week. I don't want that, right? I want, I want to be able to be a good leader, be a good person, even if it doesn't mean that I get that corner office. So that's been one big change, I think. Um, the second class that I teach focused more on organizational culture. It's you know been so much uh, emphasis around, uh, again, less on the retention side, more on the attraction side. Mm -hmm. How do I get people to work within my organization? And I think, too, I, I challenge them, how do you get involved in your organization to help the things that you see in your culture? And really pushing that as well, because everybody sees something as an opportunity to improve. You know, what better way to, to help the organization by saying, hey, I think I might know a way to go about that. So both are fun classes, for sure, and have changed so much over the last five years. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, are, you, are you glad to be doing it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I look forward to it every semester. Uh, the, the toughest part for me is always just putting it all together and, you know, the, and the slides and, you know, making sure I've, I've gotten all the materials ready. But once we go live, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. We've got uh, 
or just this summer we we will meet on Saturdays for six hours and anybody who wants to talk about leadership themselves and hang out with me for six hours on a Saturday, they've got to be good people. So is that every Saturday for that semester? Yeah. Every Saturday for about four weeks, I think. So give them a break from Memorial day, the race day weekend. And, and then we come back. So yeah, it's a good time. Wow. Yeah. It's a long day. It's a long day. No offense to you. It's a long day. No, no, no. I, I, (laughs) I sleep well that night for sure. (laughs) Is that the only day of the week they do that class then? It is. It is. Yeah. It's for people who, um, you know, trying to get in another class, you know, focus on, you know, really the fall semester. But I think also the people that take it appreciate it because, you know, it can go by so quickly. They have a lot of the summer left to enjoy. So that's at the undergrad level. That's at the uh, MBA level. MBA, okay, so, yeah. So, okay, yeah. Yeah, so you've got people, you know, with full-time jobs, with families, you know, right. so, yeah, they, they've got a lot going on, so be able to knock a lot out in a short amount of time, they value that. Just out of curiosity, since MBA class, what would you say the average age is of the typical class? Oh, good question. I'd say probably late 20s okay. on average, yeah. You, I'll, I'll still get a student or two right out of college where, yeah. you know, they're like, I don't know if I have a whole lot to offer, but, man, this is great. And then uh, I had one guy, he was oh, so great, uh, where he, um, his daughter was going through Butler undergrad while he was going to get his MBA. So cool. it's really a fun range, right? Yeah. And everybody learns from each other in that setting when that can happen. So, yeah. yeah. Well, there, you know, there's an advantage there, even if it, the average age is late 20s, which I look <clears> back <throat> at my late 20s and I think I didn't know anything then. Right. But at, let's say, 29, I still knew a lot more than I did at 22 or 23. Yes. Um, so just having the, and then people coming from various industries or backgrounds in that short span to be able to share those experiences. Right. Because, um, you know, you go back to that question when I said, what's the media piece of advice you gave, you would give? And you said, well, that depends on my, my audience. Right. And it's like, how do you, for, for those who are younger or have less experience in the working world, how do you give advice that's that you've accumulated over 25 plus years mm-hmm. uh, that is that is real but not discouraging mm-hmm. and I discouraging might be too strong of a word but yeah. for someone who's 25 like that person you 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 noted right not only is, is there advice to give to try to get to achieve a long-term goal but the reality of your career might change mm-hmm. or your job might change or what you're doing that your function might change three or four times between here and there and you've just got to be willing to, to manage that. Right, right. Yeah, no, I think in that setting, that it, in that even from that class, right, people walk away with just this aha moment of, you know, one like, yeah, hey, if, if I see an opportunity that I want to take and it looks like a lateral transfer, that's okay. I don't need to keep moving up. I think, you know, again, so much of us think that career path is just going to be straight up when so many times it's a little bit over, maybe a little bit back down, maybe a bit of a pause. Those are okay, right? And it will be okay long term for mm-hmm. you. I think the other piece is just um, don't don't try and be somebody you're not. Uh, meaning, so much of a, our leadership experiences come from people that we've worked with, grown up with. So many people try to be that other person. I think when they're clearly not right. I had a, a great boss. He was so outgoing. He could walk in a room. Just everybody would gravitate towards him. And I'm more on the introverted side. I really like people. I just enjoy one-on-one. And so, you know, finding what is your way, you know, even though it might be different than the person you looked up to. Um, so, yeah, th- those are typically, you know, kind of the aha moments that I I hear from those students, um, you know, and just in terms of thinking about, you know, where they want to go next. 
That seems like you may have just answered my next question, which was, what would you say to your 25-year-old self? Oh, yeah. Good question. I, I think it'd definitely be, you know, hey, it'll be okay in a way. I, at 25, you know, we I hadn't gotten married yet. Uh, was still living in Illinois probably at the time. I never would have thought I'd be consulting on my own. I'd own my own business, right? It just, it seemed like I'd be following that corporate ladder. So I think, you know, being okay with those adjustments, whether, you know, it was going back to school, it was making a move, was working for state government, which I never thought I would do. So you just never know. And, and a lot of those things eventually come with really great learnings and really great opportunities. Taking risks and being uncomfortable. Go figure. Yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> How does that resonate with you guys? Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I say this to my kids mostly, I mean, partially because it's true, but also so I can speak their language. But my quote to them is, scared money don't make no money. <laughs> and they're like, how do you know that song? Dad? I'm like, I, I have a radio. <laughs> but, it, you know, and I'm, like, but that, I'm like, guys, do you know what that means? And they, they give me their, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old answer. And I'm like, well... In your perspective, yes, you're right. But the, what it means is you can't get anywhere if you're not willing to take a little risk. Mm -hmm. You'll never hear a yes if you're too afraid to hear no. And it's okay to hear no. It doesn't mean never. It just means not right now or not this option. So change a little bit, be a little bit patient, find another angle, and, and see if you can work to the yes. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. That's great. Awesome. Any parting words of wisdom? Boy, I think that's a great way to end it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, be okay with just yeah. being impatient. Uh, thinking of my nine-year-old, right? Like, hey, it's okay to be bored. I do not need to fill your time. And then, <laughs> right? True story. Yeah, absolutely. That's and then, very polite way of saying, please go bother your mother. Oh, so much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank cool. you for joining us today. We thank appreciate you guys. your time. This is great. I appreciate it. Sounds good. And thank all you guys out there for joining us today on this episode of the Industrious Podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us from wherever you get your podcasts or for those of you watching on the Assessor YouTube channel, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you haven't hit that subscriber button, please do so. It won't cost you a single penny. I'm trying to lead you to that little red area that says subscribe. Just click on it. It's no big deal. And hit that notification bell so you can be alerted when new episodes like this one drop. And don't forget, in the meantime, be industrious.